0: This is the London Live Podcast. Listen live weekdays from 1 to 3 on 980 CFPL. Yesterday, we heard from the Ontario government, and we heard from the education minister, and we heard a lot about school and the amount of money that was going to be spent on this and the amount of money that was going to be spent on that, and we didn't necessarily here, okay, here's here's the design, here's the plan. And we heard from the Ontario School Board Council of Unions that they hadn't necessarily been consulted by the Ontario government when putting together any kind of new plan for education. So we thought we'd find out a little bit more about that. Laura Walton is the president of CUPE's Ontario School Board Council of Unions. Laura, thanks so much for being here. How is Wednesday going for you?
1: Uh, You know, it it is definitely a hump day, and uh, we're just trying to digest all that we heard yesterday because, uh, you know, unlike the media, we weren't given a technical briefing.
0: And, yeah, we've talked to both school boards in this area, and one of the things that we've heard more than once is that when a change was coming down from the government, they were basically finding out about it at the same time that we are. Do you find that's happening even at your level?
1: Absolutely. Uh, You know, when you learn to rely on social media, to find out what's going to be happening uh, with your colleagues, with your, the people you're supposed to represent. And, and my understanding is that's the choice that this government is making, is they would rather speak to the media uh, than to speak to the folks that are actually working front line.
0: Yeah. And that's you know we always compare it to an episode of undercover boss or those shows where you have the owner of a company that says "I really need to see how this company works and so they go and they take a couple of positions and they work them and they realize wow I had I had no idea the things you learn when you actually speak to people who are doing the jobs that you're making policy for uh, let's begin with kind of what was said yesterday Laura did anything stand out to you as being okay well uh, now we You've got that. Is there any major change that you heard?
1: Uh no, actually. What what yesterday told me is uh we are just replaying the same old uh plan that really didn't exist and has led us to three shutdowns. Um, you know, it's a lot of recycling. It's recycled announcements, recycled money, which has become, you know, the game plan in this government. They they, they talk a lot, but there isn't a whole lot of action. Um, and we know that uh, there isn't enough new funding, or there isn't even enough funding in general, for school boards to do what they need to do. So, for instance, there's no funding um, that's designated for enhanced cleaning, um, which means that you know we may have some school boards going back to pre-pandemic practices, which were every other day cleaning. That's not that's not acceptable.
0: We had heard some stories about you know keyboards that would have to be wrapped and and the ppe supply that wasn't what it needed to be all of those things laura can you can you look back in time and say hey there is precedent for a government consulting and and asking how things are going where work is being done before making policy
1: so you know the previous government um would do some consultation it, it wasn't necessarily what i would call collaboration and there's a real difference between consulting and collaborating collaborating is listening to what people need to tell you and and acting upon it whereas consulting is bringing them into a room uh, and listening and going the other way and then you have what this government does is you know no communication whatsoever um i will say though that there have been times where you know we've worked with the deputy minister's office To push back and say, Hey, you're not listening. So a case in point would be the vaccine rollout. You know, we pushed back and said, you need to include all education workers, not just uh, folks in special education. You need to include custodians. You need to include secretaries. You need to include anyone who's on site. We were able to, you know, push back on that. Uh, We have been able to see some success with emergency daycare and including education workers there. Uh, but far and wide with this government, it's it's been more misses than it has been hits.
0: Laura Walton is the president of CUPE's Ontario School Board Council of Unions. Laura, you, you mentioned, obviously, cleaning becomes a concern. If you were to lay out the other things that you feel need action, where do you point to first?
1: Well, I think we need to recognize that we're going to be bringing children back into schools after a year of trauma. This isn't a year that anyone could have imagined. Um, and so even the students who normally we would be saying, oh, they've got this, they don't have this anymore. The kids are not okay. The kids have been suffering through isolation. They have missed major events in their life. Uh, they've missed social interactions. One of the things that concerns me is there's nothing in this government's plan for increasing supports, like having an EA per classroom or ensuring there's an early childhood educator in every kindergarten class, regardless of if it's a, you know, SK-1 split or under 16. Uh, The cleaning is a concern. Libraries are a huge concern. These kids have been without access to libraries, which are just the heart of imagination in a school. We don't see anything that's ensuring that we are making those accessible. Um, You know, I am also concerned about the level of therapies, uh, things that have been missed out You know, speech language, uh, occupational therapy, physical therapy, all of those pieces that when kids are learning remotely, they are not getting access to. We need to bring back a better education system, not, you know, plan for a bargain basement plan that hasn't been successful in the last 14 months.
0: What do you think it'll take to do that? That's that's a big question. But
1: (laughs) what will it because I think for starters, people need to be looking at June 2022. And people need to realize that we have the power as citizens and as voters of Ontario to make sure that we have a government in place that is actually protecting our public services, whether that be health care, long-term care, education, uh, social services, we, as the people, have the power. And so that would be the first thing that I would encourage everyone to do is, you know, make sure that you're getting actively involved so that we have the right government in. This government, you know, came in without a platform, without a plan, and we are paying the price as people living in Ontario for that. Um, so that would be the first thing. The other thing is I encourage everybody to raise their voice, phone their MPPs, phone their school boards and say, listen, I need a safe space for my student. My student needs to be, my child needs to be in school, my child needs access to these things. We need to have a better plan. We need to put pressure on this government. Now is not the time coming out of a pandemic where, you know, he says that this is this unprecedented investment ever in the universe. And really, it only equates to approximately, you know, I think it was $0.1 billion more than it was last year. We're coming out of a pandemic. We need to invest in children, not look for cheap solutions.
0: Laura, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Take care.
0: Take care. Keep safe. That is Laura Walton, President of CUPE's Ontario School Board Council of Unions, looking back at yesterday and some of the frustrations that they are feeling in the portfolio and in the area of education. We had a big day go by on the weekend. Actually, a big couple of days it's probably 48 hours if not about well what's what's two and a half days 60 hours probably 60 hours of students moving out students moving in and when students move out sometimes they don't take stuff with them and they leave it at the end of their driveway or on the curb. And that stuff is not just well, we forgot to put the recycling out in April. Uh, that stuff is, we don't want this couch anymore. I really don't want to touch this mattress ever again. And that stuff gets left outside. So, why don't we check in on the collection of all of that as we continue on through Cinco de Mayo. Joining us right now is the Director of Environment Fleet and Solid Waste the city of london jay stanford jay it's a it's a biannual event right there isn't a surprise move out at at the holidays or anything it's usually once in the spring once in the fall for this
2: that's right mike uh and it's the one in the well the one happening right now that is by far the biggest and it's something that occurs well, it's like clockwork every year. Now, things have changed a little bit in the last couple of years, and we can talk a bit about that. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'm going to give a big shout-out to all the permanent residents that live in these student areas. We know it's frustrating, but the students do leave. Um, and, you know, they're, they're here, and they bring so much to our local economy. So there's so many good things. It's just there is a challenge
0: this time every year, Mike. Some end tables, some mattresses, some couches, maybe a love seat. And there it is at the end of the curb. But then you've got to go around and collect it. So can we collectively congratulate you and your staff for being able to do this? Because it's not like this stuff hangs out there until July. This stuff's almost gone.
2: Well, thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, no, the, the team works extremely hard and we have to put extra resources into the area. We get great cooperation from our colleagues up at Western University. Um, And once again, the the residents, we hear from them. Some are very tolerant, some not as tolerant, and we do understand that. Our ward counsellors in all these areas hear about this. So it it, it is an annual event, and and there's... So many challenges, but everyone works hard to get the city spruce back up, and we think it'll be by the end of this week, maybe into next Monday, but it'll be as if they weren't here at all.
0: Jay, what are you gauging in terms of amounts in 2021? How does it compare?
2: Well, compared to last year, both years under a pandemic, this year has definitely gone up, and I think that's because more students are still here, off-campus students, Last year, I think there was so much uncertainty with the pandemic so new, many people had left. And in fact, the amount was spread out over a much longer period of time, almost all of April. This year, we have seen the big crush of materials happening in the last two weeks and and this first week of May. So there is a difference between the two years. But when you compare back to every year, um, there's not a lot of changes, to be quite honest. You categorized it correctly. The students are done they put stuff to the curb. We wish it had tremendous value, but by the time students have gone through their furniture, you know, living with it for an eight month period, there's not a lot of value left in that. So, <laughs> and, and we've checked with Western University can there be exchanges? And sometimes there are, but the reality is most of this product is, is worn out, and unfortunately, it ends up in the landfill because that's the right place for it.
0: I always love it because you have parents who will try and help their own children outfit their homes, and so the parents look around, and they don't look at the couch that they just purchased Three months ago, they say, you know, down in the basement, there's that thing. I think it used to be a couch. It's under some plywood. Might be a little dusty, but just, you know, clean that off. Take, you can have a couch. It'll, it'll be great. So the stuff doesn't usually start in great shape. So yeah, you're right. Not a lot can be done with it. How do you go about picking all of this up? Because if you've got a street, if you look down, say, Huron or Bruffdale or one of those very popular streets for students to live on, and you see just a sea of couches. How do you even get all of those?
2: <laughs> uh, what's it? I guess maybe slowly is the best way to do it because it, it takes a while to crunch all those couches going through. And I, you know, I wish there was a better solution, but no, it is a lot of heavy, heavy lifting. Uh, we bring in extra crews into the student areas. You know, there's probably some of your listeners scratching their heads right now because, This is isolated to a handful of areas, but in those areas, Mike, we will be seeing anywhere between 16 and 20 extra loads, in addition to the heavy stuff, extra loads, well over 200 tons of stuff that was once usable and now for the most part uh, barely has any scrap value. And, you know, hats off to a lot of students, so they do at the end of the year get onto Kijiji and try to move some of the product into uh, others' hands and, of course, capture some of those extra dollars to help with their own move-outs. But, uh, no, this will be the same next year when you and I are talking, Mike. There will be some improvement but not an awful lot.
0: As far as timeline goes, Jay, like you said, last year this stretched a while just because students were moving out kind of sporadically. Uh, This year maybe a little bit more normal. When can residents think, okay, all of it will be gone? Do we have a date?
2: It, it, most will be gone by this Friday. There might be a little bit of holdover into Monday. And, of course, uh, hearing from residents is very important to us because if something does appear after the truck has gone by, we do want to get that taken care of. So people can email us at es at london.ca or give us a quick phone call at 519 2489, and we have heard from a lot of Londoners, and they've reported locations, so we know the system is working, um, and, and we're, we're grateful for those reports, and we get there as quickly as we can with those big garbage trucks to crunch away at this material.
0: Okay, Jay, one more time for the website and the phone number?
2: Uh, the email address would be es at london.ca. You can reach us, of course, at our website, and there's a portal there called Service London. Uh, just an easy way to leave us the details or a quick phone call, 519-661-2489. And uh, we're happy to help as quickly as we can.
0: Jay, thanks so much again for the work that you and your staff are doing. And uh, we're almost through another one. And, well, it won't be until September till we get a, another weed dumping. And 363 days until we get the big one again. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Keep safe.
2: Great, Mike. Thank
0: you, and thank you for having me on. That's Jay Stanford, Director of Environment, Fleet, and Solid Waste at the City of London, about the student move-out that continues on and the waste that's picked up afterward. We get an opportunity to talk with some amazing people on London Live, amazing people who can do some amazing things well, our next guest does that in a number of different ways. Tremendous singer, songwriter, and somebody who gives us just this the sound of country that, you know, incorporates so many different feels to it, so many different genres almost. And she comes out with her own unique sound. And she also has broken a record for lowest note performed by a female singer. I'm fascinated by that element, too. But please welcome to London Live, Joy Chapman. Joy, great to have you here.
3: Hi, great to be there, Mike.
0: So are you in B.C. right now? Joy is from Surrey, which is just outside Vancouver. Are you in B.C. right now?
3: Yes, I am. Stuck at home, you know, lovely COVID. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, do you have at least a nice studio in the house you can go down in and, uh, and play around?
3: Yeah, I, I makeshifted uh, uh, the the garage because I I sold my beautiful place because my my mom had to go into care and then I was looking after my eighty three year old dad. So, um, so yeah, I makeshifted the uh, double car garage. So it's now my studio and stage space.
0: Wow, what has this year been like for someone who is used to performing? in front of crowds and and playing music and making music has has it kind of gone on the back burner given everything else you've had to do
3: well yeah it's it's just been uh an interesting year to say the least because uh, all the plans for the tours and i just bought all my stuff for light shows and everything and uh and then we were setting to thinking about doing a world record and then we had the plan for my album release and everything kind of set up and then that happened and uh, so yeah the plans just kind of shifted so uh, and yeah different things happened along the way and we just had a lot of little glitches with the world record kind of due to COVID and uh, getting people together and trying to accomplish it so I got it done just under the year wire so that was good.
0: Well, let's let's begin and talk about that because in a moment we we do have to talk about a song that Joy has called Santa Claus Drank All My Beer, which may be the best title of any song ever. Um <laughs> uh, but let let's talk about this world record. Okay, lowest note performed by a female voice. How did this even happen? How do you even hear that this is a thing?
3: Well, it was it, it was kind of interesting cuz I was teaching my niece Um, vocal lessons and over the years because I'd been scaled really low since a child and I sang alto tenor bass in choirs and um but I also could do really high but they were always short on men so I always did the male section and when I went into uh singing later in life here I uh was seeing, seeing different vocal coaches and they all got freaked out every time I'd be scaling down and they'd kind of stop me part way because they're like um, yeah that's that's low enough you're just really creeping us out right now <laughs> and um, <laughs> so my little niece cuz I said i wonder how you know common it is for a woman to scale off the end of the piano i'd never really looked into it and so then we started researching and uh, she's like oh there's a world record but it's only for d2 and you sing way lower than that and, uh, so that was kind of how the idea was, was born. And being an independent artist, you just don't know how to break above the noise to kind of get noticed or heard. And so I thought, well, that sets me a little bit different. I'll be a really low female. <laughs>
0: this is great we're talking with joy chapman joy is about to release footprint in my songs which is a 15 song album but in the meantime has been breaking a world record so is this one of those things where you get a chance to hear the lowest that anyone has sung before and you say okay i that's that's my benchmark or do you just try and go as low as you can how does that work
3: yeah, I, well, you, first you have to get a lot of special equipment because, um, we actually found out, uh, that I go, cause I've actually scaled down to E zero, which is at the 20 hertz, which is the end of the sonogram. And the engineers feel like I'm going lower, but we can't measure it right now. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's on a good day. I was so stressed today. I was doing the, the world record because so many things had gone wrong and my mom had died on one of the attempts and there was just all these things that led up to it so I just I couldn't hold my vocals the way I normally do because usually I'm scaling off the end of the piano every day like nothing so it was kind of funny and I told the guys I'm like I'm so embarrassed I'm like I just can't hold the note today but it was already at the C1 so they're like well it's a world record so I'm like okay well we'll just go with that and I'll re-break my record later. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you you have to get all of this equipment. How many people would have been involved in kind of making this happen?
3: Well, you have two uh, certified sound engineers. Then you have to have two music specialists, and I was very fortunate to have Sanders Whitting, who is um, he's got a lot of music degrees as well as uh, into the biology of vocals. Um, so he teaches at SFU and, uh, Capilino out here. And, um, so, and, um, Tim Steinruck, who teaches at Nimbus Engineering, and, um, Dave Lopez, that, uh, also is a sound engineer, and, uh, Gustav Valderrama, who's also a fairly well-known engineer, and, uh, a notary. Um, and then you have to be filmed an hour ahead to make sure you don't take anything um the whole thing has so to. so when you say notes. film
0: do you turn you turn on a camera and you're in front of the camera and and that's it to kind of have that proof that's not hey here I am yeah. I'll see
3: you in an hour yeah yeah no it's uh yeah it follows you everywhere so I made the joke I'm like yeah you want to make sure that you know because you're not allowed to have any sweet scum nothing you know you're just allowed straight water Not that's it. but uh so it's like well, that camera is going to be following you to the bathroom, so, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you got to time things right. Could you imagine setting everything up and then thinking, "Man, I, it's it's five minutes before we do this. I got to go." You, you couldn't do that; You'd, it would ruin the opportunity.
3: I know it's it's kind of funny because it's just like, and you know, with your nerves, and it's like you know, the nervous. Like, I really feel like I need to go pee. Oh, well, <laughs> that better not be happening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are talking with Joy Chapman, and Joy, I've, I've been tipped off that we can ask you to give us an example. Is that, is that something you have to warm up for, sure. or is that something that, that you can do?
3: I will give you my, my, my best little go. It doesn't always transfer over the phone real well, but um, we'll give her a go here. la, la,
1: la, 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 la,
3: la, la.
0: Was phenomenal. I kept, ex- I kept expecting you to end. I thought, I thought the first note, I thought the first note, that's low, and then you just kept going, and then you kept going some more.
3: Yeah, I know, because that's like, like on on really good days, and I can get some really good like bassy big tones, and sometimes it just vibrates through my whole body. It's just, it's quite funny. It's um, because I, I just got something in my larynx, and when I relax. Cause that's the thing. That's why I have to be relaxed to do it when I'm going really low. Um, because I have to just let things kind of float down. And then it just, when it goes, it just goes and the guys just look at me and they're just like, wow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What a talent to have. Now, how much does this assist you in vocal range and in the control that you have over your voice when you're not just going to be singing notes, but you're going to be singing words.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, Because I've gone, like, I usually start scaling, like, um, C6. I mean, I sometimes do the E and the F6. Um, And then I've been working at some of the whistle range. We actually have me at a C10, which was, it was a really, a really freaky note. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, it just, it gives me the fun of just being able to change. Because I did mimicking as a kid for farm animals and different things so I just I I hear voices or I hear things and I just want to imitate.
0: When you look at putting together music you seem to have a lot of different influences that have created your sound how much of that comes from maybe singing along with other artists when you were growing up?
3: Well definitely and when I was doing that tribute work um, because I'm imitating like uh, and a lot of people say that there <laughs> the share sneaks in or the Shania sneaks in or one song that was like, pull back the Dolly voice. Oh no, the Dolly voice. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just, just, I don't even try It's And it's, um, I've been working really hard to actually figure out what my voice is because so many of those little things, it just seems whatever the song calls for and I just naturally kind of do it. So, I never know what to expect or what's coming out, and then people will be making comments or I'll be doing something, or, oh, that's a combination of uh, Elvis and and Murray. And uh... <laughs>
0: Hey, it's, it's a great ability to have. We're talking with Joy Chapman. You can go to Joy's website, joychapmanmusic.com. Joy, tell us about Footprint in my songs. You've been able to release just about every one of the singles from it. The album comes out very soon. What was it like putting this together?
3: Well, it, it was a challenge. Um, I had some of the songs written a while ago, um, and then finally getting to record because I just had had fun with husband dying and different things coming up. So, um, so I, I've had lots to write about, and uh, I I always because I had a lot of things growing up that went wrong, you had to develop a really strong sense of humor to get through things. And so I think that's what comes through. Cause I always try to find that um, Pollyanna silver lining to even things that kind of go wrong in life. And um, so I made the songs a lot of fun tongue in cheek, kind of far side comic strip humor. Or sometimes I have what I say, the chicken soup for your soul inspiration, like treasures and things I left behind, which was kind of with doing the world record and getting footprints in my song out, that sort of being able to leave something behind that kind of mattered. Um, And so it's it's all those little things that you do in life to touch people or help people along, and that's the thing that sort of matters most in life, and that's your little treasure and the things that you left behind and being that positive ripple in the pond, you know, for other people and hopefully influencing them in a good way. To be kind and help other people.
0: Boy, do we need that right now, Joy? That's mm-hmm. that's amazing. Well, it, not only can you go low, you've been able to go high. We've got to ask about Santa Claus. Drank all my beer and beer last you night use night. you <laughs> use your elf voice in there, right? The, the higher <laughs> voice.
3: Well, yeah, that one was. I did uh, three part elf harmony in that one, and a lot of people think it's computer generated. Um, really, but yeah. Th- <laughs> But It's like, uh, no, actually, nothing was done to it. It's just that was like, like yeah, I just, because it's again all those little impersonations. So it's like, Santa Claus, drink on my dear little snake. Know what a greasy Christmas like? What do you know? It's Rudolph, too. Eats that red nose shining through.
0: That's incredible. Man. Well, Joy, we could, we could talk. I could listen to you do voices all day. Um, but I, I love the sound of your voice as you have presented it as well. And good luck with everything once the album comes out and once you're able to get back touring and all that stuff is coming. And uh, as we say a lot, we can't wait to get back out to live shows yeah. and, and live concerts and, and everything good that comes with
3: those. Exactly. I can't wait either.
0: Well, we really appreciate you taking some time for us and showing off your talents and your world record ability. Keep safe and uh enjoy the BC uh sunshine, rain, I, I cloud.
3: It, yeah, I know. You never know with the wet coast here. It's like it's, a, <laughs> it's that fifty fifty. <laughs>
0: well, enjoy whatever it is that's coming your way. Joy, thanks.
3: Thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate it.
0: That's Joy Chapman. Again, you can find her website at joychapmanmusic.com, and all of those talents that she just put on display, they're all there. You've been listening to the London Live Podcast. Catch the show live on weekdays from 1 to 3.